everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 225. And we don't have a Night Vale episode yet because one of those weeks where we don't have a Night Vale episode for another two days, I guess. At least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, instead, one thing we wanted to talk about is Catherine finally finished watching the second season of The Good Place. Yeah, I kind of powered through those episodes. Oh, yeah. It doesn't take long. They're only like 25 minutes apiece. Oh, yeah. Very fast. So what did you think? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I mean, I loved how they end. Okay, we should put a gigantic spoiler warning for Big the seasons warning. one and two. So I, I had wondered when I started watching this how they could do an ongoing series of people being in heaven. But I love how they mix it up every season. I mean, the first mm-hmm. season was everybody thinks they're in the good place. And the second yes. season is the viewers know they're actually in the bad place, but they have to figure it out. So, of course, the third season is they're back on Earth trying to earn their way into the good place. Although I don't know if they made it quite clear if that's really them returning to their lives or is it another huge simulation? Um, I would tell you, but I feel like it would be giving some stuff away. Okay. So I'm not going to tell right. you. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. I knew that I was absolutely going to adore the second season by the second episode. <laughs> and I was messaging you. Uh, let's see. I wrote to you, e he he, episode two of The Good Place season two starts with attempt three. Three minutes in and already up to attempt 11. Love it. And then the next comment was five minutes in and we're up to attempt 108. What is happening? <laughs> I just, I just got so crazy so fast. And then you've got the one scene where Michael and he's like all fat and he's got snacks all over the place and he's so unhappy. And she's like, I'm sorry, what's happening? This attempt doesn't even count. (laughs) (laughs) Just madcap, just one after the other just kept escalating. And, you know, Eleanor saying, this is the bad place when they're out in a field and Cheaty comes running by, bees, bees. Everything was just so well, and all the bits where Janet, he was like basically killing her over and over again, and she's shrieking every time. He's like, can you can you just not, can you just calm down? She's like, no, no, I can't. He's like, oh, God. <laughs> it will be like this every time. Oh, I love Janet, especially when they're like saying something like, you know, oh, well, you're a very nice looking girl. I'm not a girl, <laughs> and I'm not a robot. <laughs> <laughs> well, this episode two is one of those things that I love in any kind of fiction. I, I can't think of a specific example right now, but where they will just throw in these details that you could write an entire other story about, like all those Mm -hmm. different attempts. Eleanor's wearing monk's robe. Eleanor is standing in a cactus field holding balloons. Eleanor is with (laughs) Chidi in a barnyard and a pig that's getting mad. And Eleanor with all of them in her house where there's this demonic clown kind of floating past. They're going, shh. It never stops being cool. I it just it love really it. Doesn't. Absolutely love Aww. it. Yeah. You know, despite the fact that it is so super dark, I've said it before, it's such an uplifting show. Like, there's so many sweet moments. It really is because it always sticks to this idea of people trying to be better and then figuring yeah. out, well, what does that mean? And what goal do you have? Are you looking for a reward? Or are you just trying to bond with other humans and make life incrementally better just by being a better person? I, I love the fact that they keep 
digging into that whole concept. And then the minutia of everything is so cool, like all the details in the background, like, you know, the first... I don't know, good place was um, frozen yogurt. And they had one that was like clam chowder. A big (laughs) clam chowder fountain in the front. (laughs) (laughs) But so all those little details that you could just pause the screen and just look at all the different names of the shops and everything, that's good. But in the third season, they're going to get into a little bit of the minutia about the point system and what type of activities make what points. And it just... Oh, it's so, the writers in this show are so good. And they never stop trying to like drill down further and further into the weirdness. Oh, I will ask one thing. Does Mindy in the middle place actually show up in season three? Wow, that's a good question. I don't remember. I really don't remember. I restarted watching these episodes, of course, because you were watching them. And I watched some, I had to watch the first couple episodes of season two because they're so funny. But there's several episodes in season three that I just really, really love. Uh, But I can't remember if Mindy comes back. Because I just, in episode two, that bit where Eleanor and Chidi actually find out that they're in the bad place because they see some demons talking about it and they flee to Mindy's place and Mindy greets them at the door like, yeah, I know who you are. You've been here 15 times before. I love that sort of thing. But the way she just is so casual about how flippin' weird all of this is and Eleanor and Chidi start trying to come up with suggestions and she's speaking along with them because she's heard everything they have to say and Chidi at one point starts talking and Mindy starts talking simultaneously with him. What if we come up with a plan we've already tried before. Will you please stop that? <laughs> it's just so. And then when she shows Eleanor the tape that she made of the two of them canoodling in bed, and when Eleanor's leaving, she's like, I'm taking this with me. And you see me, oh no, don't. That's my only copy. It's just, <laughs> I love her. She's, and she's, she really is. Like the epitome of somebody who really should be in the bad place, but did that one nice, really amazing thing. And they're like, well, we can't quite send you to the bad place, you know? And it's it's very different from Tahani because Tahani accomplished a lot of stuff, but she never cared. She was never right. actually trying to make the world better. She was trying to make herself more popular, more accepted to her parents, better than her sister, just in popularity ways. Whereas Mindy actually had a moment of clarity and decided there is something that I personally can do to make things better for so many people and I'm going to do it. Yep, yep. And a little bit too little too late, but still. Which is really, it's very interesting what they bring up as making you worthy of going to the bad place. Like Cheedy. Cheedy is a nice guy. But you do have to wonder, did he ever actually make anybody's life better in his entire life? Or did he, what exactly what they said, he basically made everybody around him miserable because he was so focused on ethics and so unable to make a decision about anything. I don't know. It's, it's kind of, we forgot to do our little sit rep, which we'll do this after that. But, you know, it's like in the pandemic and everything. We all want to try and and do good. We really do. And so sometimes it feels like the best thing we can do is just fucking stay home, you know? But then you sort of wonder... I don't know, it's it's almost like that religious thing, like don't put your light under a bushel. It's maybe not good enough to just not do bad. You have to actually try and do something good. And that's kind of like with Chidi. He kept on trying to not do bad, but he never did anything good. So that's true. And they get into that in the third season. There's something about the point system and how hard it is to do good in a modern world It's and to not do bad. And that starts to blow your mind after a bit. But it's really, it's pretty freaking deep, actually. Yeah, and the one person that I really wonder about is Jason, because obviously Mm -hmm. Jason never did much good in his entire life. 
But was he even capable of doing good? Because let's face it, Jason's not all there. And he seems like a nice person who's maybe not malicious. So what would him being better take? Because he can't even grasp the whole concept of where he is most of the time. Well, that's kind of, they're all like archetypes in their way. You've got Tahani, who does good, but for the completely wrong reasons. You've got Chidi, who doesn't do bad, but he just never tries to do anything good. You've got Eleanor, who's just friggin' malicious. Like, in her life, she was really awful, like, actively doing bad things. And then you've got Jason, who just... I don't know, does bad because he's not smart enough to do good? Because he's got no impulse control. I think that was what the judge yeah. said in the end, that yeah. his, his his whole test was trying to resist his bad impulses, and he didn't even try. Right, exactly. So it's, oh, I just, it's so well written. It is just so lovely. I just love all that. And you are, there's like one episode in particular that I think you're just going to adore because it just embraces the weird <laughs> just really really freaking weird so yeah ah uh, ah uh, it just talk about shows to watch just to make yourself feel better like ursula vernon was talking about how she's going to be on a podcast pretty soon and there she knew that they were about to ask her what is she reading in this quarantine? And she's like, I'm just going to admit it. I'm reading fluffy romances and fan fiction. Young me would have been so embarrassed to admit that. But young me was an idiot because this is what's pulling me through. (laughs) Yes, whatever it takes, guys. So I guess that would be a good segue to the sit wrap. Sit wrap. I don't have, I have no beer. So I have, you know, I have a glass of vodka orange juice. I I have my honey whiskey because let's face it, it's time for hard liquor at this point because... The news has not been great. No, it hasn't. Cases have spiked. I mean, it's not rocket science. They opened everything up and everybody was getting together and the cases went back up. And everybody's like, it's the second wave. And we're like, we weren't even done with the first wave. It's really disheartening to look at the graph on Worldometer and see Mm -hmm. that the cases were going down. I mean, the Mm -hmm. the stay at home, the social distancing, the masks, all that stuff was actually working. And now it's going up faster than it was before we did the slowdown, because I think so many people got mad and went out and flooded everywhere. And you've got cases of a bar where they're asking all of the patrons of the bar to please self-isolate now because 85 people who went to that bar have now gotten COVID-19. And North Carolina, we are one of the four states that has shown the absolute worst rise at this point. And even if we had been still thinking about doing our trip to Manhattan, which we decided we weren't going to because we didn't want to be wandering around Manhattan in the blazing sun with masks on, even if we wanted to, we can't because New York will not allow people to visit from North Carolina because our numbers are just that bad. Yep. Yep. And honestly, I mean, California, they just, we just had the announcement that they have closed all the bars again because, I mean, they had that one bar in Pacific Beach that when they opened things back up and it was just an absolute rager and everybody's out there and all the videos went viral and the city shut the bar down just to kind of make an example of them. But it doesn't really matter. I mean, most places were like that. People just, they get in there. I mean, even at my local grocery store, 
there's this one bagger, bless his heart, and he had his mask down around his chin. And I'm like, dude, you work here. But, you know, it's like, God. what are you going to do? It's I, We're laughing only because you can only laugh. But that's what I'm saying. Like, at this point, the least we can do is just, if you got to go out, wear a mask and maybe try not to go out. You know, I don't. And then I understand, I understand that the economy really sucks and that people are worried about losing their jobs. But we've said it on this podcast before. If thousands upon thousands more people get sick, the economy's not going to bounce back from that either. No. So it's not like the choices between having the economy suck or having millions of people sick and the economy suck. Those are our two choices right yeah. now. There isn't a good option at this point. So I would like to go with the one that doesn't involve infecting people who could possibly die. That would be swell. But anyway, we're not going to like lecture people. I honestly think anybody who's listening to this podcast, is like, we're literally preaching to the choir right here. I so. think so. Yeah. Anyway, um, how to bring it back up after that. Ooh, I watched the first season of Hannibal again. Hey, me too. <laughs> oh, man. God, it's so brilliant and so creepy and wonderful. I mean, the production values are just off the charts. Yeah. And it is so pretty. And I think I'm partway into the second season right now, but I'm trying to remember the whole bit where when Will is starting to feel the effect of his darker impulses and you have all those images of the stag or of oh, Hannibal yes. with staghorns, that sort of thing. Does it start in the first season where you hear that really low, terrifying rumble going on when he starts seeing those images? I think so. It almost sounds like almost like a like a belt being run over a drum. Yeah, this kind of like, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so creepy. They just did such a great job with all of the sounds and all the music. I love that one episode that ends with Hannibal making that really ornate dinner party for all of his friends. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you just know that most of it's people meet and everything, but he has just pulled out all the stops. And there's this beautiful bit of classical music at the end where he gives a little warning and tells everyone that nothing here is vegetarian. And it's just... <laughs> That it's just it's a perfect line and the music is blended with it so well and the imagery is just lovely. That's one of my favorite endings to the episodes right there. But they're all good. They're all great. Well, partway through season two, and I'm at the part where Will has been let out of prison because it's become very obvious that he's not. And my God, Dr. Chilton, what they keep doing. I hated his character in Silence of the Lambs by design. We were supposed to. But by the time this series ended, I was like, oh, my God, will you please leave Dr. Chilton alone? They just really, it's almost like they really wanted to give us what we wanted in The Silence of the Lambs. We wanted to see horrible, horrible things happen to him. And now we're just like, I'm good. I'm fine. (laughs) You can stop now. That's great. But when Will gets out and he decides he's obviously going to try to somehow get Lecter to give himself away. So he's going back to therapy, but he shows up at Lecter's office and he's done this whole self-transformation thing where he's dressing differently. He's got a haircut. And my God, in the episodes that have happen after this. He just keeps looking better and better. <laughs> he is, that is a pretty gentleman. Oh, boy. Um, Hugh, what is it? Hugh Dancy, I think his name is. Yep, that's right. You know, he's, at least last time I checked, he was dating Claire Danes. And I'm like, that makes sense. That is a pretty couple. Boy, right howdy. Yeah. Wow. He's <laughs> like blinding when they walk into a room. Jeez. He's just got the, the prettiest lips. Oh, goodness. He's just very <laughs> <laughs> and Mads Mickelson's not bad looking either. And oh, my goodness, Jillian Anderson, so hot. So amazing. I mean, what exactly is that woman doing that she just keeps getting prettier the older she gets? I don't know how she manages it. And her character is, it's serious the way Scully was serious, but in a, I don't know, 
I don't want to say a wounded way, though she has gone through some trauma, but it's almost like this like brittleness. Exactly, to her. yes. She speaks so carefully, and it's like she's afraid she's going to fly off the handle if she doesn't keep herself rigidly in control and calm. Oh, man. And that gets really important in the third season, too. Even though the third season isn't the strongest, it's where we see the most of her, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Especially since her first scenes is an entire episode of her and Hannibal in Florence, Italy. Oh, another beautiful, beautiful series of episodes. So gorgeous. And I love that the names of all the episodes, like in the first season, it's the traditional names of the courses like aperitif and all that kind of stuff and i believe in the third season it's all the same thing but it's all in italian isn't it yeah because the second season it's all japanese and then the third season yes that's right oh i forgot (laughs) about that oh man i'm just i'm i'm feeling it just feels so nice to know that i have two more seasons to go in this just i love not having the ending right in sight which is another kind of a small segue. So I'm watching House all the way through again. And this is like the second time I've watched all the way through in this pandemic. So I don't know what it is about that show that has become my comfort watching, but it really has. I'm rewatching Beastars again, but this time I'm watching with a Japanese language track, but I've turned the subtitles off because I've mm. seen it through a couple of times now. And now I just want to linger on the animation, on how mm. the beautiful job they did on animation the characters' mouths as they're speaking and turning their head and just all this dynamic movement. Yeah, I really need to... I've only ever watched it through the one time. I know I'm a terrible fan, but I've only ever watched the dub version. So especially considering the fact that I'm usually such a snob with that kind of nonsense, like it's either the subtitled version or nothing. And now I'm like... I need to watch the subtitle version. I really do. I'm curious. A lot of times in the Japanese language version, you hear that thing that they do on anime where they're sort of like... They're, they're making sounds for their expressions, like, hmm, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. huh, like that. And do they do that on the English language version? They do. But one thing I noticed, I watched a little bit of this, the Japanese subtitled version, and the translation is different. Like, they do try to make the English dialogue work for English viewers, but it is slightly different than what's going on in the Japanese. Hmm, okay. And I don't know how much it changes the meaning because I haven't watched all the way through yet, but that definitely needs to be a thing I do next. Yeah, no, it's definitely worth it. So here's a question for you. Have you watched any of the Netflix Shira series? I have not. Have you heard a lot of people talking about it? Uh, yes, it seems to be very popular, and I love yeah. that bit of fan art that you shared of the, uh, oh, uh, yeah. what, Cat Dora? Catradora. It's the characters. Yeah, the characters Catra and then there's Adora. And so it's the two of them. And that, I mean, I wasn't really into it one way or the other, though I'd heard good things. But the Catradora fan art is really quite gorgeous. Mm, there's very some good nice. stuff. So yeah, I need to check that out a little bit. Um, I don't know that, I don't think they made Catradora canon, but I think they got really close to it in the show, which in a way is a little bit of queer baiting. They kind of like to do that sometimes. But for the most part, people seem to be pretty happy about it. So I don't know. Cool. But I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. Short episode this week because we were just kind of like, no Nightville. Let's do a placeholder. So for, <laughs> for a placeholder, we talk about like six things. That's how we do. But anyway, make sure to check out pixeladygeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries. We are back to comic book reviews on the site. They had another issue of Die, and that's the one illustrated by Stephanie Hans. Have you read any of that? I have not read a single one. I really need to. And another thing that I need to read is that you got 
Um, you po- did you post a review, or are you going to post I a did. review of Stefan Sedge's, um It's Harley Quinn Black Plus White Plus Red. That's the series, and I believe he just does the first issue, and it's part of DC's Digital First line. So I want to say it's only like 18 pages, and they're not even big pages. I think they're more formatted for digital reading, but it's a dollar, and it's so worth it. Oh it is my. just... It's beautiful. It's a short, self-contained little story. You, in particular, I think, will like it. It's the type of, like, really nice self-contained story with Stefan Sedge's art about a character who is strong and yet really super damaged. But I I think you'll like it. It's very fun. Okay, yes. I need to check that one out. And I've got to get to the comic book store at some point because I have been reading the Terry Moore series five years I'm not 100% sold on it. I don't know why yet, but I'm sure there have been several issues that have come out since the lockdown happened that I really need to catch up on and catch up on Transformers. So yeah, got to make that trip to the comic book store wearing a mask, if anyone's wondering. Yes. Absolutely. Checking their curbside service options. That's always good, too. I know that Leland, uh, who also writes for the podcast, they are open in uh, Burbank at House of Secrets, Burbank. And they are pretty much open, limited people in the store. You have to wear a mask. And he has confirmed that some people are really shitty about the mask wearing things. So please don't be that person, you guys. It's like, don't be mean to anybody working in retail. That's a terrible thing to be. But don't be mean about people telling you you got to wear a mask. And this whole business about people having health concerns, so that's why they're not wearing masks, because they have breathing issues. I'm like, you do not shut up. You know? but anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. That one thing at Trader Joe's of that woman that oh, was screaming at somebody about being made to wear a mask, and she's got breathing problems. I'm like, your lungs sound fine, lady. Just yeah. shut yeah. up. I think you're just fine. But anyway... Ugh, um, more positive things and more pixelatedgeek.com we will definitely have a Night Vale recap next week and at some point we are also going to listen to some of their Patreon content and review that too so we can encourage you guys to get their Patreon as well but one way or the other <laughs> this time we really will talk to you in one week talk to y'all later Thank you.